New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Well, welcome to uh, today's podcast. Just want you to know that uh, our staff's praying for you today, praying that God will encourage you and grow you in His Word. We're reading uh, selected passages that that celebrate and bring about the good news of Jesus in the days uh, leading up to His birth. Uh, my name is Ray Moss. I'm one of the pastors here at New Vision. Uh, I'll be reading from John 15, uh, just the first five verses, and also uh, we'll look at Psalms 88 through 16. I'll be reading from the from the New Vision uh, version. So uh, John 15, 1 through 5 says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You know, this passage uh, begins with, uh, really it's the seventh time, I think, that he says this I am statement that comes from him. He said, I am the vine. Now, this analogy uh, would not be wasted one bit uh, with those living in Israel. The grapevines were prolific and fruitful. Uh, it'd be like a tomato plant uh, to a farmer in the south. Nothing you could say that they could not relate to and understand. In fact, God uses the vine symbolism in other places many times in the Old Testament, and we're going to look at that, and here in John, and then one last time in Revelations 14 where he speaks about the vine and fruit of this earth which is destroyed. So, so yes, they would be familiar with the vine and its fruit uh, analogy. But let's go back. Uh, let's go back to one of those Old Testament passages and help us see how God used uh, the vine in Psalms eighty, um, eight through sixteen. It says, "You transplanted a vine from Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it, and it took root and filled the land." The mountains were covered with its shade, the mighty cedars with its branches. Its branches reached as far as the sea, its shoots as far as the river. But why have you broken down its walls so that all who pass by pick its grapes? Boars from the forest ravage it, and insects from the fields feed on it. Return to us, God Almighty. Look down from heaven and see. Watch over this vine the root your right hand has planted, the sun you have raised up for yourself. Your vine is cut down, it's burned with fire. At your rebuke, your people perish. You know, in an act of grace, God transplanted Israel, and, and Israel is the vine here. Transplanted Israel, the vine, into Canaan and gave the nation really every possible benefit, everything they needed to succeed. He prepared a place. He cleared the ground from the river to the sea uh, with walls of protection. All this, all this was God's work and hand for His children. 
So the vine here represents the nation of Israel. But you'll notice in the passage, the psalmist kind of takes a turn and, and says, Why have you broken down its walls of protection? Now passerbys pick the grapes, the wild hogs ravage, insects feed on it. So the psalmist is pleading to God, Look down from heaven and see what's happening. Watch over this vine, God, as they cry out. Well, this vine was never a perfect vine. The walls that came down could easily be seen as the law that Israel could not keep. When the walls fell, then the vine was ravished. Then the psalmist cries out at the end of this chapter, uh, Restore us, Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. Well, Jesus is the man on the right hand of God. By whom are the, this is one theologian said, Clark said this, by whom are the Jews to be restored, if indeed they ever be restored to their own land, but by Jesus Christ. By him alone can they find mercy. Through him alone can they ever be reconciled to God. Uh, a vine that was to produce fruit for the world that may see, that they may see the one true God has now for the, for this particular time in the Old Testament has now produced wild, bitter grapes. It practiced oppression rather than justice. It, instead of righteousness, it produced unrighteousness. So, so most Jews would have known of this symbolic meaning of the vine. Then Jesus comes along and says, I am the true vine, the original of which all other vines are really a, are a copy. The gardener uh, back uh, in John the gardener, the vine dresser, is the father. It's the work of the father to prune and purge the branches so that they can produce more fruit. Now, most, most theologians will warn us not to push this allegory to the place that contradicts other scripture, that as believers, we are never cast away. For instance, John six thirty seven earlier, he says, All those the father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. This pruning... Our cutting off is about the health of the plant to produce more and better fruit. Even the branches that bear fruit will be pruned. You know, really, no greater harm could a, really a father make to his children but to leave them alone, let them have their own way. We're actually receiving his love when he prunes us as painful as it may be. Warren Wiersbe said this. He said, sometimes he cuts away the dead wood that might cause trouble, but often he cuts off the living tissue that's robbing you of spiritual vitality. You know, pruning does not simply mean spiritual surgery that removes what is bad. It can also mean cutting away the good and the better so that we might enjoy the best. Pruning hurts, but it also helps. You know, my, my grandfather taught me how to prune tomato plants so they can really grow tall and produce more fruit. If you, if you watch me do that, if you were in the garden and watch me do that, most likely you'd kind of cringe and see me pinch off uh, really green, healthy shoots and branches. It just seems counterintuitive to break away or prune healthy branches. But the vine dresser, our Heavenly Father, has bigger plans. He, he does know what he's doing. So what's the role of the branches that we read here? Now, the key word in this uh, John passage for us believers is the word abide, or as NIV says, remain. It means, uh, what does abide or remain mean? It means to act in accordance with or to endure. It's really a picture of rest, of trust. It's a life-changing belief. It's, it's really to stay so close to the vine that the sun lives really through us. 
Way too many times I see believers who just see Christ as a model to live by. Trying to live like Christ is not only impossible, but certainly brings no peace and rest. It's the righteousness of the Son of God living through us that bears fruit. The fruit in our lives is not our fruit, but the work of Jesus. We are simply the branches. The fruit of the Spirit is His fruit. The gifts of the Spirit are His gifts. Branches never produce fruit. They abide. They attach. They remain. They're channels. Branches that stand alone are only good for the fire. They never produce anything. So a question sometimes we get is, how, how do we know we are abiding? How do we know we're remaining in the vine? Well, it simply says, it says, if we're abiding and remain in Him, we bear fruit. You know, you can look over Galatians 5.22. You can look at the life of Christ for an example of what, you know, what he, what he did, what He said, how He acted. All that helps us know that we're attached. Um, we'll also, the, the hard part is, we'll experience pruning. But that's so we can bear more fruit. Uh, that's how we know we're, we're attached. If you looked on down to verse 7, we'll see that the vine will know what to pray for and will also get those prayers answered. Um, you know, as a person growing up in the Midwest, uh, in the South, I know fruit does not come overnight. There is a toiling and a planting, a weeding, fertilizing, sometimes pruning before, before this fruit appears. So a couple things about fruit characteristic. It, it takes time. Remember, it's a living organism. It's not, it's not a machine. And the second thing I'd say, that branches never eat the fruit. <laughs> the fruit's for others. It's not about pleasing ourselves, but to serve others. Proverbs says in 10.21, The lips of the righteous nourishes many. Well, in this season of Advent, we can truly say that in Christ, we may be restored to God. In Him, this one true vine, the face of God, is shining, is indeed shining upon us in His grace. I am in Christ, and Christ is in me, is what John tells us. Well, Father, we thank You for the morning, the day. We pray a blessing on Your Word today. Uh, may our branches bear Your fruit for Your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening today. I hope you tune in tomorrow. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's Word.